The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington Decker. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future-focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. Hello, everyone, and welcome to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington Decker, President and CEO of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. This podcast is produced by the Winter Haven Chamber and recorded at Dolphin Image Studios in Winter Haven. At Dolphin Image Studios, we are a full production film and television studio. We offer a 3,000 square foot soundstage, a psych wall, an LED wall, the podcast studio, and a massive eight acre backlot for all of your filming needs. To find us, go to facebook.com backslash Dolphin Image Studios or find us on Instagram at Dolphin Image Studios. Did you know that Winterhaven is the seaplane capital of the world? Some other communities may fight us for that title, but I'm going to own it. How did we become that? Well, to be honest, it's because of one entrepreneur. Jack Brown opened his seaplane base in 1963, and they have collectively trained well over 25,000 pilots for their license and flown thousands more over and onto the lakes of Polk County. On today's episode, I am so excited to finally have onto the podcast, Ben Ships, third generation owner of this family business. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of our sponsors who believe in advancing commerce and community in Winter Haven. We'd like to welcome and thank Mahalik Auto Group for sponsoring season two of our podcast. This family owned and operated business was first founded in 1966 in Michigan by Ralph Mahalik Sr., the family opened Winter Haven Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in 1991 and continued to expand in Polk County, now owning three additional dealerships at Posner Park, in Lake Wales, and Alfa Romeo Fiat of Winter Haven. Not only are their teams dedicated to finding you the perfect vehicle, but they are also focused on building a strong relationship with the community and treating their buyers like family. Find your new ride for 2021 and learn more at www lowpaymentkings.com. Jack Brown Seaplane Base is one of Winter Haven's longest running businesses. And after you listen to this interview, you will understand why. Ben Chips is a third generation family owner of Brown Seaplane Base. He has a true passion for aviation, for training, and for continuing Winter Haven's legacy as the best place to learn how to fly a seaplane. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Katie, thank you for having me. Well, really I honored am, to be here. I'm so excited you're finally here because how long have I been trying to get you to come in? Like over a year now? It has been well over a year. <laughs> but you guys have been busy, which is a great thing. We have been slammed. Yeah, yeah. So for our listeners that may not know you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you were born and raised and how you ended up in Winter Haven. Sure. So I am a native Floridian. I was uh, born in Sarasota, grew up in Venice, uh, about you know hour south of Tampa. Um, moved to Virginia uh, for college. Oh, where'd you go to college? I went to Liberty University. Okay. So I went up there to uh, play football, and once I got up there, I discovered that they had a 
aviation school as well. So one thing kind of led to another. I had actually started flying in high school my senior year. Oh, really? And continued flying during my time at Liberty and um, didn't really have a, a plan to fly commercially by any means. I did it because uh, I enjoyed flying. Mm. Uh, but I was studying business, aviation, and through a friend uh, that I had met at school who had spent a summer in Alaska, uh, kind of planted a seed in me just to go experience the adventure of Alaska and just kind of um, burn a summer and, and really build some some memories and experience. Right. So that really uh, sparked my interest in getting my seaplane rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended so up you flying like Cessnas or what do, you, what do you call the smaller, like more general aviation aircraft before? Y- yes. Yeah. I started in, in land airplanes. So I was mm-hmm. flying Piper Cherokee is what I did my private training in mm-hmm. when I was in high school and uh, continued in similar aircraft at Liberty as well. Uh, but really during that time, I, w- I wasn't flying much with a, a goal in mind. I'd kind of, you know, f- fly a little bit, run out of money and then uh, get back at it. You know, maybe a, the month later. Uh, so <laughs> you earn enough to have another lesson. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. So it, I didn't really have much of a, a goal in in aviation. It was I just really enjoyed flying. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so you go to Alaska. Did you have a job, or did you just like? Oh, I think I'll fly to Alaska yeah, and see well, what happens. That or? seed that was planted by one of my friends uh, during my time at Liberty. Uh, all I did was kind of spark my interest in um, in building some more time in aircraft because mm-hmm. uh, at the time I was having to pay for every hour and it's a uh, it's a huge monetary commitment right um, but I shotgun emailed probably 40 outfits in Alaska that uh, happened to operate the types of airplanes that I really liked mm-hmm. uh, these uh, de Havilland um, beavers and otters and these are you know coincidentally they happen most of them are on floats mm-hmm. um, and at the time I, I didn't really care wheels or floats Um Two outfits emailed me back and said, hey, get your seaplane rating, and you can come up here and have a job, you know, fueling the airplanes, loading and unloading. Mm-hmm. Um, the grunt work. The grunt work. That's right. And said, hey, that sounds <laughs> fun, right? Uh, maybe I'll get a workout in, uh, you know, as, as part of it. So I actually came home uh, to Venice on a summer break between my junior and senior year, mm-hmm. and I'd researched seaplane schools, and uh, that's when I discovered Jack Brown's here in Winter Haven. Um, and it was less than a two-hour drive from my hometown where I was um, going to be on summer break. Mm-hmm. So uh, I booked getting my seaplane rating and ended up coming up for a two-day seaplane schooling. I uh, went through as a student and really just fell in love with it and just yeah. kind of meshed with the, the way a seaplane pilot thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and after my check ride, uh, my now father-in-law uh, said, hey, that was a great check ride. If you get your CFI, which is a become a flight instructor, mm-hmm. you know, I'd love to have you come teach for me. So yeah. uh, one thing. Is that uh, it? Just two days? <clears throat> if you already have a, a foundation as a pilot, it's two days to get your seaplane rating? Correct. Or how does that work? That's right. It's just kind of like an, an add-on rating, it's called, or mm-hmm. secondary training. Mm-hmm. So typically, if you're current and proficient and flying somewhat regularly, mm-hmm. Most people can get it done in two days. Okay. Yeah, occasionally might spill over to three or four. Is it like a driver's test where you have to take like a written portion, or is it mostly just all in the air? So with this test, there's uh, there's no written test, but there's, they call it an oral exam, mm-hmm. where you have to have a conversation with a, a pilot examiner mm-hmm. um, to make sure that you have enough knowledge, uh, and then you kind of 
earn your way to the airplane, then, okay. then there's a flight so portion then, of the test. So the person would be like, do I want to get in an airplane with this person? <laughs> That's not? correct. So there, there are some minimum standards that right. have to be met. Yeah, there's a there's a reason for that, uh, the method. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, after my, uh, after John Brown offered that to me, I thought that he, I thought that he passed that on regularly as far as, uh, yeah, I didn't put too much clout on his mm-hmm. offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it kind of sunk in. Yeah, I, I got back to, um, Liberty uh, several weeks later and I kind of was reflecting more on what he had said and just the awesome time that I had had here. And I called him up. I said, Hey, were you serious? Mm -hmm. He said, absolutely. He's like, you know, keep me updated every month on how your training goes. But uh, at the time I was uh, a place kicker um, at Liberty. I had a meeting with my coach and said, Hey, I'm not going to continue on to my red shirt senior year. Um, I've got a, a career opportunity. Mm-hmm. I, I changed my major from business management to uh, commercial aviation. And it was really a fork in the road, mm-hmm. like coming to Winter Haven and doing my seaplane rating. Oh, look at that. We changed your life. They, you have changed my life <laughs> in great ways. Um, so, yeah, I went back to school, changed my major, um, became a commercial pilot and a, a flight instructor over that next year at mm-hmm. Liberty. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the ink was still drying on my you know, flight instructor certificate when I started teaching down here. Oh, wow. At the seaplane base. That was in 2011. So that just, you graduated and you came right down. That's right. So had you met your wife yet or it was more the seaplanes that brought you down Well, (laughs) (laughs) she remembers this, but um, when I was checking in monthly, I guess she had answered the phone a couple times. And um, so she was, I mean, to me, just the receptionist. But when I got uh, down here, I think there was some matchmaking that took place. And I have got that information out of my mother-in-law too, uh, but I was—it was my first day of training. Uh, I haven't—I wasn't teaching yet, but it was about two weeks of training before we could—I could start taking students. Um, but this instructor, and now that I've, I've known this instructor now for about twelve years, and I've, he's never been late, mm-hmm. right? But this morning that I was starting, he was an hour late for some reason, and my wife Allison. Uh, this was our first meeting. So I think, uh, I think her mom may have delayed this instructor for us to have a meeting. Just to sit there and That's talk right. for an so, hour, yeah, So we talked for an hour and, and we, you know, really hit it off and, um, yeah, again, kind of the, the, the rest is history, but it's been, it's been really neat. So I, I definitely got a lot more than, uh, what I was bargaining for. What you for. bargained for. <laughs> That's that. right. More than just a job. Sure. That's awesome. That's incredible. So um, you have just recently taken over the reins of really a foundational business in the Winter Haven community. You're the third generation family, which you didn't know you were going to be family when you moved here, but you became family. Um, So tell our listeners a little bit about the history of Jack Brown Seaplane Base. Sure. Um, So a lot of this can be found on the website, so I don't want to, you know, Sound like I'm I'm just reading here, mm-hmm. but just a, a little synopsis. Um, Jack Brown Seaplane Base was founded by Jack Brown as my uh, uh, my wife's grandfather mm-hmm. um, in 1963. Uh, and actually, it's a little known uh, fact is Jack Brown was the first FBO, which is a fixed base operator, um, at the Winter Haven Airport. So mm-hmm. it actually started on wheels and and, and land airplanes and selling fuel. And, and hangar space at the Winter Haven Airport in 1960. Now, was he ex-military? <clears throat> Did is that where he got that experience? That's or? correct. Mm-hmm. So uh, he actually was a, a pilot, uh, a naval aviator in World War II in the Pacific Theater. 
okay. and flew oh, all wow. kinds of uh, different fighter aircraft mm-hmm. and a lot of the uh, the large flying boats, the seaplanes mm-hmm. in the Pacific. And he had actually been a commercial pilot at the uh, start of World War II and had a lot of flying experience. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the higher brass and generals that were having to get from point A to point B mm-hmm. – um, a lot of them requested Jack Brown because he had so much more experience. Right. And it wasn't somebody that got that pushed too. through, uh, <laughs> basic you know, training basic training and, and minimal flight time before <laughs> taking controls of one of these, right. these airplanes. Uh, so yeah, that was most of his, uh, his flying in the Pacific was, mm-hmm. uh, was flying generals and, and commanders around. Now, was he from Winter Haven? Is that how he ended back here afterwards? Or? He actually, um, he is originally from West Virginia. Uh, but settled in this area because after the war, um, he became a kind of a freelance um, or civilian flight instructor, but still on contract with the military. Mm-hmm. It was instructing out of Bartow. Oh, right. And yeah. so he instructed at Bartow for the military for many years mm-hmm. and got this opportunity to uh, buy this FBO at Winterhaven, get that going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at Brown's Flying Service at the time. And operated for three years there. Um until on a some trade deal, some business deal, got this J3 Cub, a little yellow fabric airplane on floats mm-hmm. on, on this trade-in. And um, that kind of took him back. Uh, I'm sure it had been many years since he had last been in the seaplane. But um, when he got this plane on trade, he had some friends saying, hey, I want to learn how to fly that. Right. Uh, so the location that we're at on Lake Jesse on the chain of lakes right now was all overgrown, and they just – forced this airplane right through the grass and <laughs> launched it there, a um, little primitive, and mm-hmm. then started just doing seaplane rides, some instruction for friends. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the whole thing got started. And, so is uh, that why your planes are still yellow? Is that like an homage to that first plane? Yeah. So we like keeping the, uh, you know, the fleet somewhat original looking. Right. Uh, so they got some upgraded engines for horsepower. Students aren't getting any smaller. But... Um, <laughs> But it is like a snapshot of the 1930s and 40s. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always been the mainstay and the backbone of the fleet. And they're, they're simple, and they put a big grin on your face. Uh, but we do try to replicate uh, the way they look back in 1939 to 47, like the years they were built. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize the Winter Haven Airport had been around that long. Yes. I mean, it's, you know, I knew the Bartow Air Base obviously was, that was a training ground for World War II. Correct. A lot of pilots came through there and um, you never realize, I've only been up in the air once um, over Winter Haven and one we of need these to change small that. little, I know, I know. <laughs> it was uh, with a, a chamber member took me up and when I, we went to the hangar and he pulled his aircraft out by hand, I started getting <laughs> super nervous. I'm like, this plane is going to take me up in the air, but you don't really realize till you get over. I mean, we flew out to kind of the Bach Tower area and all of that. And he's like, oh, we can't go any um, closer. I was asking about CSX. Could we fly over CSX? Because mm-hmm. I'd never seen that. He's like, well, we can't get too close there because you get to the Bartow um, the airspace. airspace there mm-hmm. um, as you go over. But it is one of the most majestic and breathtaking experiences to take off from the Winter Haven Airport, especially at sunset, and just see you know, what is the cottage cheese of Winter Haven or the Swiss cheese of Winter right. Haven with all of the lakes and everything like that. It, it's, it really is. The yeah. only thing better than taking off from Winter Haven Airport is taking off from the lake from the right water. next to it. <laughs> <laughs> I do really, really want to try that. That really is amazing. Um, and and really something that sets Winter Haven apart. So Brown Seaplane Base has become, well, in my mind, the greatest um, seaplane uh, training 
area, frankly, in the world, but you get people from all over the place, don't you? We do. In a pre-COVID world, we were getting 20 to 30% of our students and customers that were coming actually from, from overseas, mm -hmm. from different countries. Um, I mean, seaplane flying is highly restricted. Uh, for example, Europe, mm -hmm. uh, they just put so much red tape that it, it's not feasible or practical to operate seaplanes. So, mm. you know, people will, will come over here. It's cheaper for them to buy international tickets and stay for a week um, <laughs> and kind of scratch this itch that is seaplane flying. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been really neat. And we're starting to see now, uh, you know, travel restrictions lightening up some. Mm -hmm. uh, we're starting to get some of that international tap open back up. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, so you never went to Alaska then? Oh, I ended up did. I, I did, yes. Yeah. Um, so I ended up coming down and um, I... Worked for two years mm -hmm. at the seaplane base here in Winter Haven. Um, built a good resume up. So I ended up going up back to Alaska, uh, or initially to Alaska, instead of as a line guy fueling planes and unloading and loading, mm -hmm. uh, but it, instead as a pilot. And mm -hmm. uh, I was still loading and unloading airplanes, though. I found that out. Right, right. So, yeah, you pretty much do everything, right? And you that's, do. that's what I found. And, you know, this is totally from watching the movies. Um, I can't even remember the one is Sandra Bullock and Ryan uh, Reynolds in one, but that seaplanes, I mean, there are a lot of seaplanes in Alaska, right? From to go to the different there are. islands. And so I, I was it's flying much more out, common. Of, out of Juneau, which is the mm -hmm. capital of Alaska. Mm -hmm. it's, it's probably not much bigger than Winter Haven, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no roads in or out. So everything that gets into Juneau or the surrounding, um, you know, I'll call them villages or towns, mm -hmm. it, they either get uh, flown in or by ship or barge. Mm -hmm. uh, so the places that we were, you know, servicing by seaplanes, uh, we were taking kids to the dentist. We were taking people to go <laughs> grocery shopping. You know, you'd even be, you know, uh, de you know delivering a $1,500 Hungry Howie's pizza because of the, <laughs> the delivery the costs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, so you really wanted that you're pizza. De you're desperate uh, <laughs> in some of those areas, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so but what it, was that it was like? Neat. What was it like living in Alaska? Uh, it was yeah, obviously a, a geographical culture shock for yeah. a, a Floridian, a flatlander, I like to call myself mm -hmm. up there, yeah. um, to an area where it's like a, it's basically a temperate rainforest. We got 13 feet of rain a year. There's no level ground. It went from, um, you know, sea level to 15,000 foot mountains. It was really beautiful and you, you couldn't take a bad picture and yeah. it was really special to be flying, uh, flying some of my favorite aircraft and looking at land that very few people have even walked. Yeah. Um, oh, so wow. it, it was just really kind of the epitome of bush flying. It was, yeah. it was really neat. That's but, poetic, Ben. That was beautiful. <laughs> I, think, I guess you must not be the first person to ask me that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as, you know, being from the, the Sunshine State, right? Of course, once the uh, the snows started uh, flurrying, most, most jobs up there are seasonal yeah. anyway. Um, so I went up there with the end in sight. I, it was a, it was just a summer job. So I was out there for about five or six months. Mm -hmm. And, um, so moved out there in April, came back in September mm -hmm. and, um, you know, back to my, my wife, I, uh, proposed so you were to, married at that point. I was when you not, went to Alaska? but okay. I, I did lock her down some cause <laughs> I, I did propose to her just four days before I left. Oh, wow. Um, so of course I was, you know, excited to get back too. So we got married about a, a month after I returned from mm -hmm. Alaska. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was really great. We had our, um, engagement pictures up in Alaska and it was oh, yeah. really neat. Oh, that's uh -huh. amazing. That's amazing. So he establishes the base in 1963. Then how does it kind of grow or become even well-known? Sure. So when Jack's 
started the seaplane operation, uh, a Brown seaplane base at the time. Uh, he did not have some grand plans for turning it into the school that it is now. Um, Jack ran it for 10 to 12 years um, and was in a, you know, it's kind of a, a real tragic uh, accident uh, where he passed away. Um, John Brown, my father-in-law, uh, was 28 at the time and was working on opening up kind of an, an auxiliary portion of the seaplane base up in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really consolidated and um, focused and homed in on Lake Jesse in this one location and kind of scraping together everything they could to kind of keep the doors open. Um, he began uh, taking over the check ride duties, uh, doing most of the instruction himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jack up until that point uh, was doing a lot of the instruction, the check rides, and having some other, you know, Navy and Air Force friends that would come in and help him out on the instructor side. Um, and John was really doing the same thing. He was he was double-timing and just um, working extremely hard to provide for his mother. And um, and really that work ethic that he kind of took over the, the reins with really got that momentum going and built it into the, the destination that it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really founded – um, on a really pretty basic principle is, you know, have fun, fly safe, you know, treat others the way you would want to be treated. Um, and no matter the size that we've been, you know, we've kind of grown and shrunk and grown over the years uh, based off of demand. Uh, but it's, it's really been a, a neat thing looking over the history that there hasn't been leaps and bounds of, of change. Mm-hmm. Uh, the customer experience that they get has remained constant. It's a really laid back atmosphere with very high training standards. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why uh, people come from all over the country, all over the world to go through the, go through the training here. Mm-hmm. So we, we say we're the seaplane capital of the world because we just like to claim things like that. But uh, does it feel that way? I mean, I'm sure it does in your daily life because that's what you're doing all day long. Sure. So yeah. that's, of course, my um, it's where my, my focus and attention mm-hmm. um, is put in the working hours. Um, as far as thinking myself or, you know, kind of the nucleus of that capital. Right. No, I can't really say I feel that way. Um <laughs> I know the way, you know, customers talk when they come and they've, you know, oftentimes they've been waiting for many years. You know, most people are saying this is a bucket list sign. They've been looking forward to coming and doing this, uh, honestly, longer than I've been alive. Um, so <laughs> you don't say that to them. That <laughs> typically Man, no. you've wanted this for 40 years. Well, I'm only 32. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so no, I can't really say that my day to day, I'm thinking, Hey, that we're, we're the capital. Um, yeah, I think keeping a, a humble attitude and, yeah. and keeping, a you know, just keeping the, the nose to the grindstone, but mm-hmm. honestly looking for constant ways to improve, yeah. you know, not just the customer experience, but also internal operations and, mm-hmm. um, you know, keeping a good safety record. Stay with us for more after a word from our sponsors. Citizens Bank and Trust, we've been your hometown full-service financial institution right here in your backyard since 1920. Now in our third generation of family ownership, we've served the Polk County community for over 100 years. No matter your needs, we have the right financial solutions for you. At Citizens Bank and Trust, we've got you covered. From secure checking and personal savings plans to a wide range of personal, mortgage, and business loans. 
Additionally, we offer a highly experienced group of trust and private banking professionals located right here in Polk County. It takes just one visit to one of our 14 convenient locations to experience what makes our bank special and why we invite you to give us a try. At Citizens Bank and Trust, we're proud to be your bank. Citizens-Bank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. So you um, you talked a lot about how well consistency and that kind of constant experience through the many decades that, mm-hmm. that you all have been in business. But you, at your core, I mean, you're kind of a nerd about aviation. I mean, the, the technology behind it, the evolution of aviation, all that. And didn't you guys recently have a almost like a demo seaplane or a new technology, a new iteration of seaplanes yes. there on base? Yes. So actually, uh, we just recently have become a training affiliate for Icon Aircraft. Mm-hmm. And you look in the grand scheme of aircraft manufacturers, uh, this one's uh, kind of in their infancy. You know, they've been um, developing it um, in the design phase and production phase for um, you know under a decade now. But you know, very honored and humbled that they kind of reached out to us because of the platform and the amount of uh, you know students that we get to see. Um, but I think they, they make a really great product and it is cutting edge mm-hmm. uh, you know most uh aircraft manufacturers nowadays just the red tape and getting things approved is so difficult you oftentimes will find technology and aircraft at the airport that harkens back to the 1930s 40s 50s 60s mm-hmm. but you're not having you know cutting edge technology put in put in new airplanes mm-hmm. and, it, and it's, it's kind of strange yeah um but that is, that's the truth of it. And this is one of the first uh, kind of new aircraft where they are. They kind of started with a clean slate and kind of developed it up with uh, a lot of things just to make it more pilot friendly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's got a lot more, uh, it's utilitarian in the fact that it's amphibious. It's got a retractable gear. Um, so it definitely has more complexities than the J3, which is usually the backbone of our fleet. Mm-hmm. But it does share the simple fun once you get in the airplane and you're flying uh, it puts just as big a smile on everybody's face mm-hmm. uh, so it's been a really uh, neat partnership with them and getting one of these airplanes and really getting to share that with other people and mm-hmm. kind of bring them up to 21st century technology but also back to this just the fun pure enjoyment of flying an airplane on and off the water yeah no, it's really neat, and we I know you've probably got it on your website as well, but we posted it to our social media. Um, I think it was Jamie Beckett was able to go up in it and yes. do a flight, and he filmed some of that, but it is really neat, and it's, you know, I still think it's the best way to see Winter Haven is from the air. It's just so beautiful. Absolutely. Um, and, and so, I mean, it, it's a compliment to you guys that you guys were able to be selected and have this partnership with Icon to be able to be one of the places you can go and learn on this aircraft, which is really great. So how many pilots, you mentioned the number of people, and that's one thing that made it attractive to have this partnership for this aircraft developer. But how many people come through, on, let's say, in a non-COVID year, when, sure. we, when we don't have uh, you know flight restrictions and travel restrictions uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff? How many people come through to be trained? So um, I'll give you several different numbers here. Um, I say total, we, we'll probably get between 1,500 and 2,000 people that come and just come to us and they want to go fly in a seaplane. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'd say 500 of those people are actually pilots, current pilots that are looking to add the seaplane rating to their certificate. Mm-hmm. 
Um, typically about 450 of those will successfully complete that uh, throughout the year. And of course, none of those numbers are counting the families that travel with right. these people. So you yeah. look at kind of the impact locally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, we have Legoland right in town here. Right. We're between Tampa, Orlando. There's a lot of uh, attractions going on. Uh, so, I mean, the the impact in this local area is, is quite significant. Oh, absolutely. I mean, from rental cars to hotel nights to that kind of amplified effect of um, the exponential impact on the community. How many of the people fly into the Winter Haven Airport to then fly? Yes, I would say I'd say maybe one out of every five or six students will actually fly their own wow. aircraft in. And mm-hmm. our parking lot is actually has a... We're through the fence operator, which means you can taxi your plane right from the Winter Haven Airport into our parking lot. We mm-hmm. got tie downs for customer airplanes. That's great. Um, yeah, it's it's makes it convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really really uh, really nice for for students, especially when they flying over and they want to pop in and check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a big selling point. Yeah, grab a bite to eat next door. Exactly. It's a one-stop shop. Yeah, it is. And that's, that's you know, we so we serve on the airport advisory committee together for our listeners. So that's how I've gotten to know you over the past couple of years and your passion for aviation. And um, it's exciting to see, I mean, your business has been such a foundation in this community and certainly in the airport, frankly, probably mm-hmm. The, the longest running business at the Winter Haven Airport, it's got to be close. I don't know if anybody else has been there <laughs> anywhere near sure. what you guys have been. But um, but to watch how the airport has developed as well. And, um, you know, right now they're putting in all the infrastructure so that more businesses can open, so more hangars can be built. You know, just to watch how much it has grown and that economic impact that aviation has always had through the seaplane base, but is now having because of everyone else paying attention to what a great place Winter Haven is to fly in and out of. Sure. One example of this, we had, this is years ago, I actually read this in some old article on the base uh, that was from probably 10, 12 years ago. Um, We had a, a female student come from the U.K., and um, she came, did the seaplane rating, and just loved the area so much and just loved the chain of lakes and just the – I feel like there's just camaraderie from, like, the northern chain to the mm-hmm. southern. It's neat to hop in a pontoon boat and be able to just go stop at all these these spots and, yeah. um, you know, restaurants on the water. So she fell in love with it so much. She ended up uh, running a – well, actually buying a little villa on, a, on Lake Ida – Oh, really? And ran this uh, kind of like Airbnb, moved from the mm-hmm. UK and ran it for, for decades here. Wow. And, um, yeah, so it just kind of it changed her life much in the way it did mine. But mm-hmm. uh, that's just one out of, you know, over the years, we've trained, trained probably 25,000 uh, students for the seaplane rating. Again, if you triple that number, that's probably more of the people that have actually come and flown with us and seen the area right. from, from one of our aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean, there's so many of, those, many of those stories that we just don't even know about. Right. Uh, but even just last week, I was flying with a, a local gentleman, and he owned property in the area. And with all the rain we've been having, he wanted to just go look at the uh, low, low-lying areas and see what parts of the property were flooded. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just you know neat being able to bring the community into what we do and be right. able to uh, provide this service to look at, look at familiar areas from a different perspective. So can someone that is not being trained to fly, can they just book a flight with you guys? I mean, Absolutely. if they just want to see Winter Haven from the air? Sure. Yeah, we call them discovery flights or mm-hmm. introductory flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we run it as dual instruction. So 
you're always going to learn something, whether you're there to learn or not. Right. So if you just want to come have fun, you know, our, our instructors, they'll, they'll make it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to point out what they're doing, even if you're kind of more or less riding. Right. And they'll probably at some point try to convince you to take the controls too, just because I think everybody <laughs> should have that opportunity. Um, you know, I like to uh, quote Confucius often. He says that we fear things proportionate to our ignorance of them. Mm. So, you know, I tell our instructors, we try to teach the fear out of, out of students, customers, and it's uh, it's a really fun thing to do. And yeah. I've, I know that I've succeeded when somebody gets back down and say, you know what, that wasn't as scary or as difficult as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and just kind of they make it like, hey, maybe I can do this yeah. if they wanted to. Yep. that's incredible. I absolutely love that quote because it's so <laughs> true from someone who was terrified getting in <laughs> this little like airplane that I felt like weighed less than my car. Um, it probably does. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, uh, and this question, uh, my marketing coordinator, Bree, really wanted to ask is, um, you know, because it's kind of an exclusive thing and, and seaplane, except for those where in Alaska it's necessary for livelihood, it's kind of that add-on, as you said. It's people that it's that bucket list thing. They want to get every single pilot's license they can get or whatever sure. it might be. So in our minds, there's got to be famous people that fly in and out of Winter Haven that we never know about. And I know probably for confidentiality, you might not be able to mention the ones you flied with, but flown with. But are there ones throughout history that have gotten their seaplanes like Sure. So. Yeah, we've we've had um, you know over the years we've we've got this little wall of fame in our ground school room mm-hmm. even. And normally when you know if we get some famous person that comes in and trains, they'll give us a, a signed picture. You know, thanks to the crew at the seaplane base. So you know we've um, Jimmy Buffett uh, we <gasps> trained Jimmy him. Buffett. Uh, yeah. Alan Jackson mm-hmm. brought his own seaplane down and. Um, trained him in that, and that was before my time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just recently we trained uh, Jamie Johnson, a, a country singer as well. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of more in the, the musical industry, but we've had, um, you know, big names from almost every walk of uh, industry. Of industry, fame, exactly. Industry, yeah. Athletes, so actors. A- we've, we've had athletes, actors, um, you know, astronauts. It's <gasps> a, uh, oh, yeah. and that's, there's not too many days you can go into work as a young instructor and teach an astronaut something. So that's, uh, we, we, we've had, uh, you know, Jim Voss who holds like, uh, you know, history, you know, basically mm-hmm. record breaking spacewalks and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fixing the international space station. We've had Robert Cabana, who's six time space sh- shuttle commander, mm-hmm. um, recently Casey, or, uh, Casey, uh, story Musgrave, uh, oh, who I came am. down and, mm-hmm. uh, flew with us and did a single engine C rating. So it, it's really neat. And I think what, what makes this job so unique is you never know who's going to walk down that sidewalk yeah. and who you get to impart some knowledge to. And, and it may be the only thing we could teach them under the sun, but, right. um, you know, we'd like to think we're pretty good at that. <laughs> So what would you say is the most unique thing? Why should somebody choose to get their uh, seaplane rating at Brown Seaplane Base? I think one of the most unique things uh, that may set our seaplane base apart, and there are are other places to train in the country. There's close to 100, if not more, seaplane outfits in the the nation that that kind of does what we do. It's oftentimes on, on a little bit smaller scale. might be one person with an airplane. Uh, but the efficiency, you know, having uh, pilot examiners there uh, to do the check ride, mm-hmm. it really helps with the efficiency of it. Um, the history, you know, we talked about previously, oftentimes with a long history, you 
learn what not to do and ha- what things don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and really every, I don't want to say policy, but everything that we do, there's a reason for things that we do. There's a reason for things that we don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think building on that rich history and, and flying and aviation in general, um, it's just kind of common knowledge amongst pilots is uh, it's not forgiving enough to learn from every mistake. So <laughs> learning from the past and others' right. mistakes is, uh, I think that's one of the, the unique things is that the history and, and going back and really focusing on the single engine C training that we've done for decades, coming up on 60 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people are very surprised in such a short amount of time, the quality learning that can take place. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, one of the keys and unique differences with this area, like we talked about all the freshwater lakes around here. Mm-hmm. Once we take off of Lake Jesse, this county has 580 lakes in it. Mm-hmm. And within a 10-mile radius, we've got over 100 landing areas. You know, And each one of those is its own classroom. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're able to get a, a, a variety of classrooms and teaching environments right and we don't have to travel very far to get there and that's what's really neat are there rules because i see in fact i think i joked with you once um i do a lot of morning show radio interviews um and they always want it like between 7 and 7 30 or 7 30 and 8 and i um every single time i've been out to do one a seaplane ends up flying over my house because i have to step (laughs) outside to do it right because the kids you understand that so you have to go outside for quiet and um and of course, my kids love it. I mean, what a unique environment! They they're in love with airplanes anyway. But when we see a seaplane, they get really excited. Sure. Are there rules on where you can land? Are there only certain lakes that you can land on in the area, or how how is that controlled? Yeah, and that's a great question. It's probably one of the first questions that people ask when they come for the training because mm-hmm. they're applying like, "Hey, can I ever use this?" You know, they're dreaming like, "Can I fly a seaplane around my hometown?" Right. right? Um, it really depends. I, I'll, I'll paint a picture of three umbrellas. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one would be like federal. You know, it could be a national park. They're usually pretty restricted. Right. <laughs> um, you know, Army Corps of Engineers would also fall into that federal. Mm. Right. If it's not federal, it's probably going to be state governed. If the state government at, you know, let's say Florida, Tallahassee washes their hands of it, which they kind of have, mm-hmm. they pass that decision-making process on to uh, c- uh, cities or counties mm-hmm. or local municipalities. Um, and then outside of that, you have like privately owned body of water. So around here, you have the city and county uh, that we're dealing with that's going to govern. And this is a really seaplane friendly area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are some uh, private bodies of water that might be horse ranches around this area uh, that we just stay out of. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's a it's very very wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to different states, though, um, it's not the case. Yeah, that, yeah, there there are a lot of states in the U.S. that uh, it's just you cannot land a seaplane on really? anybody of water. Yep. Huh. Uh, and Seaplane Pilots Association, which is actually headquartered at Winter Haven Airport now, uh, that is uh, probably the the number one and only advocacy group uh, that fights to open up and protect mm-hmm. the water flying. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really neat to have them right here in our backyard. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and and along those uh, lines too, you mentioned us flying over and your kids really like to see that. I love hearing that. When we do train instructors to start working for us, one of the biggest things in the, in the training and checkout 
is being a good neighbor, all right? As free as this area is, mm-hmm. we don't want to abuse that freedom. Right. And, you know, we've got, um, you know, we've got a fleet of those little yellow airplanes. I'm sure a lot of people have seen them over yeah, the years. Yeah. Um, but most people, and you know, if I walk into a sandwich shop and I'm wearing my seaplane-based shirt, they say, oh, I, I see you flying all the time. But they think it's just one airplane. Oh, yeah. Um, when it could be one of the five that we have there. Um not everybody loves airplane noise as much as I do. So we really try to do one or two on one lake, move on to the next. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while we're operating um, a business that stays fairly busy year round, because th- you know, thank thank goodness to this weather uh, that we have here, uh, we we aren't abusing the freedoms that we do have. You yeah. know, we're, we're being mindful of that, especially as this area is growing and it's, it's awesome to see and, it's been amazing to see just the last uh, 10 years, 12 years I've been flying here from the air. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you get the, the true bird's eye view correct. of the road. It's, yeah. it's been really neat to watch. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely something as the area grows. We are very mindful that um, we're walking a fine line. We want to be neighborly, but we also want mm-hmm. people that are moving into this area. Yeah. You know, hey, this is a... Uh, like we talked about, a big impact on the economy. Uh, yeah. It brings people in. We're not just out uh, turning, uh, you know, avgas into into airplane noise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're actually bringing in, you know, um, uh, 1.5 to over $2 million every year to the local account economy. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, you know, I'd tell anybody that's complaining about a seaplane noise to go sit in the flight path of the Amazon Prime planes <laughs> <laughs> over at Lakeland Linder. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you are, you are recently now the third generation owner, as I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you studied business as part of your college degree before you swapped over. So what is it like owning a business? And then what is it like owning a business that your father-in-law, um, mm-hmm. used to own and yes. obviously is still your father-in-law and still involved in the business. So sure. what's that been like? You know, it has been, honestly, when you, when I start with, Hey, I, I, dated and married the boss's daughter. You know, it's kind of like, oh, man, that's uh, that could really blow up in your face type of thing. But my, my wife, I mean, she is an awesome woman, and um, and she compliments me in my weak areas, and we're, we're a great team, and I, I love her. But it has been a really f- fun line to walk, and it has not been as fragile as one might think walking into a family business, mm-hmm. um, you know, I worked for them for, let's see, eight or nine years before um, we ended up buying the business from them. And we bought the business as if we were just no family and just uh, somebody coming in, Mm -hmm. uh, just a totally different party. And I'm glad we did it that way because I think when you have a family business, it's easy to cut corners in in some ways. Uh, Then those lines can kind of get grayed. But from the start, it's been a very uh, professional, but even – before I became family, the whole operation is, is kind of treated me like family. And people feel that when they come as customers, too. Mm-hmm. Just that, that family atmosphere is very close. Um, but working with my father-in-law, I mean, you have somebody that is legendary in this walk of aviation. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably got more seaplane check rides than anybody in history. You know, <laughs> probably close to 20,000 of them. Um, and he, he had the reins of this business for 43, 44 years. So I would be foolish to not, you know, rely on some of that wisdom. So, you know, any big, uh, I haven't made any any real big changes. Um, You know, some behind the scenes efficiency things. uh, We've done some of that 
Uh, but I've I've run most all these these big decisions through him. Hey, have have you encountered this in the past? Right, or how yeah. did this work out? Um, so it's it's been really fun and really great for me to have that wisdom to fall back on um, and and just glean some experience. Because mm-hmm. um, again, aviation is like I said before that it's too unforgiving to try to learn all the. Uh, mistakes and errors yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it, it's been really great, and it has not been like walking on eggshells like that's what good. a lot of people uh, yeah. think it would be. Yeah, uh-huh. no, that's wonderful. So if someone is interested in learning more about your business, um, what is your website address? It's brownsseaplane.com. Mm-hmm. And I encourage everyone to go. They've got all sorts of swag there, Winter Haven um, stuff and uh, stuff to do with the seaplane base. And it's just getting the word out. It's so important, I feel, to get the word out to people. A lot of people don't even know Winter Haven has an airport. I think that's what's shocking to me. I think because it's pretty much almost in Auburndale. People think, you know, it's, they don't even know an airport's out there. It's kind of still in a remote area if you don't drive 92 all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is such an important part of our economy and it's only going to become a more important part of our economy going forward. So um, go online, buy your swag, um, go call, get a ride, check out the most amazing view of Winter Haven. And Ben, congratulations on buying the business and we wish you all of the continued success. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. It has. I love I love the story. I love the family history. And we are certainly very lucky to have you here in Winter Haven. Thank you. One in eight women will be affected by breast cancer in their lifetime. That's why Advent Health for Women's Pink Out Initiative seeks to galvanize the community in support of breast cancer awareness. Mammograms are the most effective method to detecting breast cancer early, when it's more treatable and beatable. With 30-minute appointments and locations close to home, it has never been easier to schedule a mammogram. To make an appointment or to learn about other ways you can get involved, visit pinkout.com. Well, that's it for another episode of It's Happening in the Haven. We'd like to thank our guests for today's podcast, Ben Chips with Jack Brown Seaplane Base. Be sure to tune in every week to It's Happening in the Haven, available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. To learn more about Winter Haven and the Chamber of Commerce, visit winterhavenchamber.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope you learned a little bit about our community today and even more about the people who are shaping its future. After all, no true community exists without the people who form it. Winter Haven. Some call it a haven. We call it home. <laughs>